today is your day. So I'm thrilled to be here and I don't want to beleaguer a whole lot of time. I'm anxious to get into the word. So I want to invite you to go with me to the gospel according to St. John in the third chapter. I want to bring to your attention one verse, a very familiar verse, 16. This is the verse you see at football games. Some of you have it memorized, but most of you are familiar with it. So what I'm going to ask us to do is all of us together with a loud voice, Let's read this verse in unison. John 3, 16, read. For God's... Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. From this text of scripture... I want to speak to you briefly this morning. The three things that God cannot do. So what, what do you mean, Brother Easter? God is able to do all things. He's the almighty God. But three things that the almighty God cannot do. So let's pray together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we stand again in your holy presence, in your tabernacle. Our ears are open. Our hearts are ready to receive. Speak, Lord. Speak to us together as a congregation and individually. Let the gift of faith be released among this congregation. Take us to that place, Lord. Move us. Shape us. Challenge us. But most of all, save us. This we pray in the mighty name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And the church say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Three things that God cannot do. God is an awesome God and worthy of every expression of praise, especially from us. Why? Because out of all creation and all the things that God has made, he made us different from all the other creatures. And it's interesting because God doesn't really seem to have a problem with all the other creatures. I mean, dogs do what dogs do. Horses do what horses do. It don't seem to be a problem. You never hear about a cat jumping up and say, I think I'm a horse. You don't get that. You don't see no birds flying around saying, I'm not really a bird. 
I'm a giraffe. God has no problem with those creatures. His biggest challenge is with us. And, and we are made different from all the other creatures. Because you and I were created in his image. After his likeness. And in so doing, we have some characteristics that is comparable to God. And one of those things is this. We are eternal. God is eternal. You are eternal. Which means that you will never cease to exist. This life is more than just your date of birth and your date of death. This life is eternal life. You and I are going to spend eternity somewhere. Our goal in this limited time that we have on this earth is to determine where you're going to spend eternity. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we gather in this place, we must take every opportunity to examine ourselves. The Bible says, take heed to yourself. Because I'm going to tell you, the saddest day is the day when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ and recognize you were this close to being saved. You don't want to be almost there. You don't want to be almost saved. You don't want to be almost delivered. We are so blessed. We don't need to come to church nonchalant. We don't need to be in the house of God just like on some other day. We are standing on the precipice of eternity. You need to make sure you are ready to go. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that trump is going to sound. And the Bible says those... That have made themselves ready. Oh no, you're not just going to zip up and be with the Lord. You're not just going to hold on to your mama's skirt and go be with the Lord. You got to make yourself ready. You got to present your bodies a living sacrifice. God means exactly what he says. You've got to pick up that cross and follow him. Anybody who puts their hand to the plow and look back, he said you're not worthy to get in. My brothers and sisters, whatever it takes, I've got to get in. Whatever I got to do, I got to get in. If you don't go, I'm going. If you don't want to praise him, I'm going to praise him. If you don't want to shout... Hallelujah. I'm going to shout. I want to be saved. And when God created us, it's quite interesting. There are two major things about us naturally that God put in every one of us. When you and I were born inside of us, we all are naturally religious. God put something in all of us. There's a, there's an emptiness there. there there's, a, there's a hole, there's a void in our spirit that God put there on purpose 
so that somewhere in your life you would recognize there's got to be something more than what I experience. There's got to be something more to this life than this. And it causes you to search out, to feel that emptiness. Hallelujah. Now, some people, they search out popularity. Some folks search out money. Some people, it's all kinds of worldly entertainment and worldly lust that they try to fill the emptiness with. But you know, there's only one thing that can satisfy that thing you've been looking for. It's right here all the time. You know you've been missing out. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is what you need. Jesus is what you're looking for. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So what, what are we? We are naturally religious. You don't have to teach anybody to be religious. You are going to worship something. You're going to worship something. You were created that way. So we are naturally religious. The other thing is we are all naturally rebellious. Born rebellious. Came into the world kicking and screaming and crying. Ain't no baby coming to the world all smiling, happy, hey. They had to pull you out. Push! Push! And then you come out just hollering and naturally rebellious. You never have to teach a child to do wrong. Just leave them alone. The Bible tells us train up a child in the right way. Because you're naturally rebellious. So what happens when you get an individual that is naturally religious and naturally rebellious? What you have then is a person that wants to go to heaven, but on their terms. Yeah, I, I, I want to be saved. But I don't think it take all that. I, I want to be saved, but I don't feel like I got to believe this. Everybody's trying to get to heaven their way. The Bible says there are many ways that seem right unto a man, but the end of is death. There's only one God, one Lord, one baptism. One church, one way, and Jesus is the way. There's no other way. He is the way. Many people will be searching for the way. Religious people, just because you're religious don't mean you're saved. You may be a pastor of the biggest church in town, but that don't mean you're saved. Just because of somebody wearing a cloak or a long gown or a robe with stripes on their arms, don't mean he's saved. There's a lot of religious people in the world, but they're not saved. Such was the case of this man named Nicodemus. The third chapter of the Gospel of John, 
beginning in verse number one. Follow with me if you will. John chapter three, verse number one, it says, there was a man of the Pharisees. His name was Nicodemus. He was a ruler, a teacher. He was an instructor of the Jews. If anybody should be expected to know the scriptures, it would have been him. Because he wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a religious leader. He was a member of the highest sect of religious people in that day. He was a Pharisee. Amen. They were super religious. Now the Nicodemus and all the other Pharisees have heard about Jesus and they questioned his authority. They questioned, amen, who he was and what he was doing. And they came against the Lord, but something inside of Nicodemus drew him. And so he set up a meeting. The same came to Jesus by night, undercover. You know, sometimes you get secret disciples. And he said to Jesus, now watch how he approached the Lord. Rabbi, we know. We act like we don't. But we know. Thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. That's what Nicodemus said to Jesus. And it's not uncommon in the religious world when one minister meet another. You try to impress them. Try to make them feel good. Preachers like to be talked about. Man, we know all about your ministry. Bro, you are awesome. Man, can't nobody preach like you. Woo, I got all your CDs. Bro, you are amazing. And, you know, a lot of preachers be like, yeah, well, you know. Right? And, and that's what he thought he was going to get out of Jesus. <clears throat> but compliments don't move him. All those sweet swelling words don't move him. Jesus looked past all of that and he looked right to the heart of the matter. That's what the Lord is all about. He, he don't mind you coming to church and sitting there and looking all pretty, but he wants to get to the heart of the matter. The real reason that you are here, you're not here to have a good time. You're not here to be entertained. You're not here to see the preacher. Jesus said, I'm looking at your heart. Forget all that other stuff. Forget all the compliments. Verily, verily. Oh, man, when Jesus said verily, verily, truly, truly, they call that the double amen. That means no matter what you're doing, you better listen to what he's about to say now. Everything he said is awesome. Everything he said is powerful. But when he begins with truly, truly, verily, verily, you better stop what you're doing. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Who is he talking to? A religious man. 
Who's he talking to? A man that knew the scripture front to back, memorized the verses. And the Lord looked at him and said, except you're born again. Preacher, except you are born again. Priest, except you are born again. You can't see the kingdom. And, and, and I noticed when I read that verse, what he said, you can't see. You can't see. And, and that something went off in my head. I said, I get it. Now I understand. See, there are people that cross our paths, people that are searching for truth, people that you go forth and witness to and, and try to explain the word of God to. One young man was speaking to me one day, and he said, well, Brother Easter, hi. just what is needed to be saved? I took the Bible, and I turned to Acts chapter 2, verse number 38. It answers the question. Men and brethren, what shall we do? You don't need to study Greek. You don't need to read Hebrew. It's plain and simple. It's the same question perhaps somebody in here might have. Preacher, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to be lost. What must I do? Took him to verse 38. I said, brother, here's the answer right here. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Plain and simple. Black ink on white paper. And he looked at it, and he couldn't see it. Just like so many of you still haven't seen it. You look at it and just don't register. And I'm like, why, Lord? Here it is, plain and simple. Why can't they see it? And the Lord said, except they're born again, they can't see they can't see. People trying to understand the mysteries of the scripture. People trying to understand the deep revelations of the Bible. Folk come up to me, Brother Easter, do you think the Antichrist is alive today? I said, why do you want to know about Antichrist for? Get saved first. Get your priorities in order. Don't worry about the book of Revelation. Get yourself saved in the kingdom of God. Get saved first. That makes just as much sense as an expectant mother with a belly swollen in her ninth month getting a jar of baby food and getting a spoon. There you go. That don't make no sense. What you doing? Feeding your baby. You can't feed the baby until the baby is born. You've got to be born again in order to see. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. You want to know Jesus? You must be born again. You want to feel the Lord? You must be born again. You want revelation? You must be born again in order 
to see. But the problem with man, man tries to figure out God logically. You can't read that book logically. It's a mystery. It's a hidden treasure. Glory to God. It was never designed for the carnal mind. It's a spiritual book authored by a spiritual God for a spiritual people. You got to get in the spirit to glean what's in that word. Because when you try to reason it, when you try to comprehend it with the natural mind, it don't make sense. That's why people come up with the idea of three gods. Because they can't see it. They come up with the idea of a of, 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 of baby, baby uh, dedications or, you know, the christening of the baby. They can't see it. Amen. That's where all this false religion come from. That's where denominations come from. Isn't it amazing when you look up church, you got thousands of different churches. All of them with the, the different belief systems. Why is that? Because man trying to figure out God up here. He told Nicodemus, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? See, Nicky's still thinking with his brain. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? <laughs> this don't make any sense. And the Lord was like, okay, uh, let me try this again. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born, and let me make it a little clearer to you, Nicodemus, of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, Nicodemus, listen, that which is born of flesh is what? And that which is born of the spirit is what? So don't be tripping, brother. That's what he's saying. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. See, the spirit of God is like the wind. The wind blows where it wants to go. And when the wind shows up, you can hear a sound. When the Holy Ghost shows up, there is a certain sound. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? There's going to be a sound. Hallelujah. For they heard them speak in tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. There's a sound that comes with the Spirit. Jesus said, you don't know where it's coming from and you can't tell where it's going. But so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. If you receive the Holy Ghost, you got it the same way they got it. If you receive the Holy Ghost, you have the same evidence they had. You don't get the Holy Ghost different from somebody else. We all get the Holy Ghost the same way. 
these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. You get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. You get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. You get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. And if you've never experienced speaking in tongues, you're in the right place. He's pouring out his spirit. He's pouring it out. Somebody say, I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Hallelujah. Nicodemus, look at verse number nine. After all of this, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Make you want to slap somebody. Jesus said, aren't you a master? Aren't you a teacher? And... And you don't know these things. After I've just explained to you, you still don't get it, do you? And you know, there are going to be some people here today that still won't get it. Hallelujah. Went on in a conversation. And then Jesus brought him to this incredible truth in the 16th verse. John three sixteen. Jesus told Nicodemus, he's speaking to all of us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. From this verse, this verse right here, the three things God cannot do. Number one, for God, he didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. He loves you. He loves me. He loves his enemies. The ones that were nailing him to the cross. He loved them to the end. It's not like a love that you can compare to a mother or a father or a husband or a wife. His love is so beyond our comprehension. You and I can't possibly imagine the depth of his love, the width of his love. Paul prayed, I pray that your understanding will be open, that you can get an idea of just how much he loves you. He so loves you that God cannot love you anymore. Than what he loves you right now. He can't love you any more than what he loves you right now. He, he, he loves you the same way he loved King David. You. He loves you the same way he loved Moses. He loves you the same way he loved any of the patriarchs of the Bible. He don't love them any less. He didn't love them any more than what he loves you. And that's why we love him. Because he first loved us. And God's love is so amazing. He loves without looking for anything in return. It's not the love of, the, of, of relationship that we know. The Greek calls it agape love. It's a love that we're all straining to attain to. It's a love beyond the flesh. It's a love that is, that is supernatural love. 
Hallelujah. He, he loved you before you even knew his name. It wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross. It was his love for you. You so hard-headed, but he loved you. You so arrogant, but he loved you. You so full of pride, but he loved you. You don't even want to clap your hands, but he loves you. You don't even want to give him praise, but he loves you. He didn't wait for you to get good while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Hallelujah. He loves you. We have so much problem getting a hold of that. Even David. In the Bible, David said, Lord, what is man? Who are we? That you're so mindful of us. Why are you paying us so much attention? Why do you even care? We're not worthy of it. We don't deserve it. But it's hard for you to comprehend love on that level. And then when some folks recognize the depth of his love, sometimes you sit back and wonder, well, this is it? I mean, he loves me? And this is it? Well, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? We're steadily searching for something. You say, well, I thought, I thought God's church would be a bigger church than this. I thought the right church would have a TV show. I thought, you know, we got all these expectations in our mind as to what we think. But haven't you read our ways are not his ways? Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Hallelujah. He's meek and lowly. Hallelujah. He's very simple in his approach. You can't find more love than you can find in this house. It's not going to be something else other than this. Even an angel will appear. And some of you may say, if I can see an angel, then I'll believe. But God said, if you just have faith as a mustard seed, miracles can be released. Things can happen in your life. He can't love you anymore than what he loves you right now. And if we could somehow get a revelation of what he actually did for us, which leads me to the second point. The second point. Number one, God can't love you anymore than what he already loves you. And number two, he gave his only begotten son he cannot give you any more than what he's already given he can't give you any more he gave you his best he gave you his only there's not coming another Christ there's not coming another savior there's not coming another gospel he gave you his best he can't give you anymore than what he's already given well I'm I'm not convinced yet Lord hold my tongue I almost said something what more do you need well I want to see evidence 
How can you believe in a God you can't see? Why, you blind. You haven't seen God? Open your eyes. Look out at the clouds. The heavens declare the glory. The heaven, nature is singing. There is a God. The mountains are telling you something is here greater and more powerful. Hallelujah. The evidence of a living God is all around us. He can't give you any more evidence. He can't give you any more proof. He can't give you any more. He's given you his best. And yet you still walk around ignoring it, questioning it, debating it. I I, I want something more. You ain't going to get no more. So number one, he cannot love you any more than what he loves you. Number two, he can't give you anymore it would have already given and number three that whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life number three is God can't make it any easier for you to be saved he can't make it any easier You're standing at the door of eternity. All you have to do is make a choice and step in. Just step on the waters. It may be unfamiliar ground, but step on the waters. He's going to hold you up. Hallelujah. He's going to take you by the hand and he's going to give you strength and step by step. You're going to see revelation. You're going to get understanding. You're going to gain wisdom. He can't make it any easier. But yet you still want to fight. You still want to resist. You still want to say, I'm just not ready yet. I I hear that all the time. Will you come and give your life to the Lord? God loves you. Don't you believe his word? Yeah, yeah, I believe the word, man. You're a good preacher. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear all them compliments. I want to get right to the crux of the matter. Will you be saved today? Because this is your day. You don't make the appointment. God does. He got your number today. Would you come? Well, man, I won't prepare for all that, bro. I mean, you know, I just got invited. And I came to church, you know, have have a good sermon, you know, feel good. That's not what church is about. Not this church. We are fishermen. We're casting out a big net. And we're bringing in a drought from every race, every culture, every background. No matter what you've done in your life, we're trying to pull you in. Come on in. Come on. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. The master of the sea is here. Don't delay. You sitting out there talking about, well, uh, man, I, 
I won't I ready for all this. My question to you is, what you come to church for then? We got a baptistry full of water. We ready. We got ministers ready to answer your questions, pray for you. We got a congregation of people that came down the same path. Lives been changed, testimonies all over this building. And you're going to sit there and tell me, oh, I need a little more time. That ain't nothing but the devil talking to you. The devil says, don't do it. Not today. Wait till tomorrow. Put it off. The devil's constantly trying to keep you away because he knows his time is short. And he knows he's got to do his work quick. And he's trying to convince you to not do what God wants you to do. He can't make it any easier. Well, what I got to do? First, you got to repent. You can do that. All you got to do is make your mind up. Well, I'm weak. He's strong. Don't let that be your excuse. Well, bro, I got some issues. I got some addictions. Don't worry about that. He's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. Alcohol, crack, cocaine, amphetamine, it doesn't matter. He is well able. I say he is well able to break those addictions and turn your life around. Hallelujah. Repent. Just say, okay, this is it. Today is going to be a new day. I ain't doing the junk I'm doing no more. I'm turning around. That's what repent means, a turnaround. And then saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I admit it. I confess. I'm wrong. And not against people and all against you. Because you've done nothing but been good to me. And I am so sorry. God, it's a godly sorrow. Not sorry that you got caught in the crime. Sorry to quit. Okay, Lord. This is it. I'm turning my back on all my old ways. And God, by your grace, with your help, I'm following you, Lord. One step at a time. I'm following you, Lord. That's repentance. Once you repent, then you must be born again. Water and spirit. Water baptism. You must go to the waters. And we're going to take that old, nasty, hard-headed, proud you, scarred up in the image of Adam. Don't be telling me you created the image of God. You ain't nowhere near God. God don't look nothing like you. You're creating the image of Adam. Adam was in the image of God. Adam was perfect. God is perfect. You're not perfect. You got Adam scars. You got Adam sins. You're creating the image of Adam. And we're going to take that old image and put you down in that watery grave and say, after today, you're going to be a new creature. You're going to have a new start, a new beginning, a new destination, a new life. We're going to bury you with him in baptism. And we're going to take that old you and put you in that water and call out the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. When that name is called out, the spirit comes, the blood comes, and a miracle takes place in that water. 
When you come up out that water, it's a new you. Born again. Hallelujah. It's a brand new beginning. All your past is washed away. And then he promises because of your obedience, he will fill you with his power. He'll give you power to do right. He'll give you power to think right. He'll give you power to live right. You can't do it on your own. He will be your comforter. He will be your help. Hallelujah. He'll give you power. And yet, some of you are still so hard-headed. You won't believe. I believe. I believe. You're just talking. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. God is looking to you to do something. He can't make it any easier. But you know what? Some people, you feel like it got to be hard. If God asks you to do something hard, you jump right on it. Uh, And thousands have done that. I want to serve God. I want to follow God. Well, you have to shave your head bald and leave one little strand of hair. Put on a gown and ankle bracelets and a tambourine and go hang out at the airport and jump up and down. And people will do that. In order to be pleasing to God, you must leave your family and friends for two years and travel to a whole other part of the country and get a bicycle and ride around the neighborhoods knocking on doors. Two years! Two years. I'll do that. Big dummy. God didn't ask you to do nothing like that. What God wants you to do only takes about 15 minutes and you can have your name glory to God in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. You can be saved. You can be saved. Hallelujah. He can't love you anymore than what he loves you. He can't give you anymore than what he's already given. And he can't make it any easier for you to be saved. You can be saved today. And in closing, let me look at the few last verses after Jesus said this to Nicodemus. Verse number 17. Down to 21. Watch this. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Aren't you glad? We'd all be in trouble. But that the world through him might be saved. He's the only way out for you is through him. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not, you're condemned already. 
So you don't have to wait to the judgment seat to be found guilty. You're guilty where you're sitting. You were born guilty. Why? Because he have not believed in the name. You got to believe in the name. What's his name? You got to love that name. You got to believe in that name. The name of the only begotten son of God. And then he breaks it down. This is where we come to the end. This is the condemnation. What is the condemnation, Lord? What is it that's going to make people here guilty? That light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Your deeds are evil. And you love your sin more than you love God. And you can make all kinds of rationalities and, and make all kinds of excuses, say every, anything you want to say. But nobody knows you better than Jesus. Verse number 20. For everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. No, not me. I don't hate the light. I'm just not ready yet. Liar, you hate the light. I wonder why you can't tell me. You can't tell me, man. You, what people like, you can't judge. That ain't nothing but the devil. Oh, I like this one. I don't know who you think you are, preacher. You do. Look, God knows my heart. That ought to scare you. Everyone that doeth evil hates the light. Neither will they come to the light. Lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth. Oh, he that doeth. Doeth. Truth is not something you believe. Truth is something you do. You got to do something. He that doeth truth, he comes to the light. Lest his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. All the mess, all the mistakes, all the sin. When you come to God, he will wrap his arms around you. And he will become so close. And you become such a part of him. That when people look at you, they can't see your sins. They can't see your past because you've been covered by the Lamb of God. You don't need to stay where you are. You don't need to keep being what you're being. You don't need to give the devil another day. But today, you're condemned already. You're already doomed. You're already on your way to hell. God ain't saying, do what I say or I'm going to send you there. No, no. He's saying, you're already on your way. Look to me and I will save you. He wants to save you.
Let's all stand together. The clock is ticking. The windows of opportunity are shrinking. No matter how old you are, God has given you those many years to get right with him. He's given you plenty of opportunity. Don't be like that man that waited until he was in a situation he couldn't come to church. He kept putting it off, putting it off. One of these days, one of these days. Okay, preacher, one of these days. Now he has a major stroke. He's in the hospital. Bleeding in the brain. The doctors look at him and said, you don't have much time. There's no way. Call the family in. He's laying there with tubes running in and out of his body. And everybody's looking at him. And you can hear him say, Call the preacher. Call the preacher. Call the preacher. What good can the preacher do? You pray. Pray for me. What good is prayer going to do? Except you're born again of the water and of the spirit. You can't get in. You already know that. But I believe he that believe and is baptized. I can't get baptized now. Look at me. That's your fault. You put it off. You had plenty of time, sir. But your opportunity is drawing near. And the windows are closing in on you. And somebody in here, this could be your last service. And you're going to stand before judgment. And you're going to think about, I had a chance. I could have done it. I could have done it. I could have done it. He that doeth the truth, he will come. And so now I'm giving you an opportunity to do the truth. I want you to tell God, Lord, I'm so sorry, God. I just didn't know. I didn't know. I tried to understand and I can't understand. Now I know why I got to be born again. My understanding will be open. I want to be saved more than I want to be popular. I want to be saved more than I want to have friends. I want to be saved more than I want money. I want to be saved more than anything in this world. And Lord, I don't care what nobody says about me. Today, I'm coming to the light. I'm going to do it. And that's your heartbeat today. I'm asking you to be bold and brave, to step out from where you are now. Just tell that person next to you, excuse me, I'm, I'm going up front. Excuse me, I, I, I'm going up front. I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to live like this no more. Okay, Lord, here I come. I'm trusting you. Would you come, sir? All the way in the back, ma'am, God is talking to you. You love the Lord. You're religious, but being religious ain't going to save you. You must be born again and you need the water in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to be baptized again. You were baptized once. They did it in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Somehow they missed it. You need the name today. Would you come? If you don't want to come by yourself, ask someone to come with you. Would you go with me up there? To, I, want, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Would you come? Move in closer because there's others coming behind you. Come 
to the light. Come to the light. He can't love you anymore. He can't do anymore for you. And he can't make it any easier today. You need to be baptized in water. We got towels. We got gowns. Everything you need. Or you can stay in the dark. And reject him one more time. And you can say no one more time. Or one of these days, you're not going to get another chance. The world is screaming out. Jesus is coming. The news is testifying. Jesus is coming. This is not the same world we used to be in. This is your hour. Saints, let's pray for those that have come forward today. Let's pray that their faith will take root. They will choose to believe God. I bind every spirit of confusion. I come against the spirit of fear. I curse you in the name of Jesus. That spirit of condemnation and guilt, I command it to be lifted off of you right now. Let hope move into your heart. Let hope move into your being. If you have the Holy Ghost in this building, I want you to begin to let the Holy Ghost pray through you. If you got the Holy Ghost, I want you to let the Holy Ghost speak through you right now. Stronghold, I command you to be broken in the name of Jesus. Let a spirit of faith grip that man's heart. Let faith, that's it. The spirit of faith is on you right now. I trust you, Lord. I'm going to obey you, Lord. I'm going to do it. Repent. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you. You and you and you and you. Those that are watching social media, live stream talking about you come on down here to east wind come on down here now the water is ready the angels are ready jesus is coming don't be caught unawares jesus is coming jesus is we're going to get ready to baptize some people today We're going to get ready to witness the greatest miracle of new birth. This is the hour. This is the time. You're still making up your mind. You're still battling. Give in to the Lord today. Give in to his word. Give in to his spirit. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Surrender. 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 I want in the name of Jesus. Oh,